0: Next week, we're going to start our Advent series, and during Advent, the four weeks of Advent, we're going to look at John 1, the first chapter of John, and work through that as we lead up to Christmas. And last week, we finished our series on becoming a glimpse of heaven, but I'm going to just kind of extend it just one more week. And, and uh, because we've just celebrated Thanksgiving, I think a big part of, of being a glimpse of heaven and being a Christian is lives that are characterized by gratitude by thankfulness. And so I wanted to focus on that this morning and uh, think about it a little bit as we look at Psalm 103, which is a psalm that's very much uh, about all sorts of things to, to give thanks to God for and to praise him for. So listen to God's word as I read from Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. And uh, it's printed in your order of worship if you don't have a Bible. Listen to God's word. Bless the Lord, O my soul, And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's pray together. Father, we pray now that you would open up our eyes to see your truth more clearly. We pray that your spirit would work on our hearts, that you would make us receptive to what you want to show us about yourself, what you want to show us about ourselves, and that we would see and receive and take hold of what you want to show us about the good news this morning. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't have to go around saying thank you to anybody. These are the words of a guy named LeVar Ball this past week. I don't know how many of you guys know who LeVar Ball is. I don't know how many of you guys have seen the interview that he had. He was on uh, CNN, I think, this past week. And uh, they were interviewing him. He's, He's a father of... Uh, a really well-known basketball player, now plays for the Lakers, but he also has a son who plays for the UCLA Bruins basketball for them. And, and uh, basically, in the last few weeks, I don't know if you've heard of this story at all, but he was uh, his, his son that plays for UCLA, the UCLA team was in China, and his son was arrested, along with a couple other players, for stealing while he was in China. And um, the President happened to be in China at the time and, and used his influence, apparently, to help get them released and to be able to come back to the United States. And, and, uh, and this interview is incredible. It's incredibly entertaining, it's, it's incredibly long. I didn't even watch the whole thing. I watched enough of it that I, was, got the, I got the sense of the interview. But a few things came across from a LeVar Ball. I mean, one of the things that, that came across pretty clearly is that he doesn't make much sense when he talks. He, he talks a lot and he doesn't, he's like the worst guy to try to interview because uh, I think it was, um, I forget who the, the guy was, that was interviewing. Every question he asked, he didn't like answer any of his questions. He just kept talking and talking and talking. Um, the other thing that was clear is that he was really full of himself. He, LeVar Ball thinks a lot of LeVar Ball. And the last thing that came across really clearly is that LeVar Ball does not like to say thank you to anybody. Like, he didn't want to say thank you to the president. He didn't want to say thank you to the, the people in China who let, them, and let his son go. He didn't want to say thank you to anybody. He has a really hard time with saying these two little words, thank you. Even under duress, he wasn't even willing to be like, okay, I'll say thank you and even not even mean it. You, know? you, you wouldn't even go there. He was just committed to not being thankful, to not being grateful to anybody else. And, uh, and it's an amazing thing because to say thank you is, is not that difficult to do, right? To just say thank you, these two little words, it's not that hard to say thank you. But as I watched this interview and as I, you know, am so quick to judge LeVar Ball for being so ungrateful, the reality is, is that what LeVar Ball kind of says in, in, like in, in, in big letters, I'm kind of living out in my life. I'm not as grateful as I should be. Um, I may, if, if people tell me to, or I'm reminded, like to, to, I may be able to say thank you, but how much do I really mean it? Especially when it comes to God especially when it comes to the one who made me, the one who gives me all that I have, the one who is ultimately responsible for everything that I am, I'm really not as grateful as I should be. I'm pretty reluctant to say thank you to him. I have a lot more in common with Lavar Ball than I'd like to admit. And so what I want to do this morning is look at Psalm 103 as we come off the Thanksgiving holiday, a, a holiday that reminds all of us to, to say thanks. You know, we're all, we're all kind of, we, we probably did say thank you and think about things we're thankful for this past Thursday, at least. But I wanted to spend a little bit more time just thinking about gratitude. And, and especially as we look at Psalm 103, we're only going to look at the first five verses And focus really on the first two verses. I would encourage you to read through the entire psalm today. Maybe even read through the entire psalm every day this week because there's all sorts of stuff in this psalm to to give thanks for. But I really want to just focus on these first few verses and, and think about why is it that we struggle so much with gratitude? Why is it that we struggle so much with gratitude? And I think this, the first two verses highlight a few of the reasons that we struggle with gratitude. The first reason that we struggle with gratitude, I think, is that it doesn't come naturally to us to be grateful. It doesn't come naturally to us. This psalm begins by David talking to himself. Did you notice that? In verses 1 and 2, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's talking to himself, he's talking to his soul, saying bless God, praise God, be thankful to God. He's having to talk to himself, to tell himself to to honor God and to give him thanks for who he is and what he's done, which isn't really unusual because when you think about it, when it comes to being grateful, when it comes to saying thank you, it's something that all of us had to be told to do as we grew up, isn't it? I mean, none of us, hardly ever does Thanksgiving as you were growing up, especially as children, it doesn't just spontaneously come out of us. When when a child, at a birthday party, or at at Christmas, when a child opens a present, rarely do they immediately say, oh, thank you! What are are the first words out of the parent's mouth usually when a child opens a present? Say thank you. Say thank you. Go give your aunt a hug and say thank you because we don't do it on our own, we have to tell ourselves to do this. We have to train ourselves to say thank you. We have to train ourselves to to be grateful. To even just say thank you, we have to tell ourselves to do it. And so, and, and this is a big part of the problem, being thankful is not something that comes naturally to us. Ever since the first man and woman turned away from God, turned away from him and disobeyed him, Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, ever since every single person throughout history has turned away from God, we've had trouble acknowledging that everything we have is from him and we owe him everything, every bit of thanks we can possibly give him. Ingratitude, one of the things the Bible points out is that ingratitude is one of the symptoms, the the clearest signs of the fact that we are sinners. Romans 1 points this out, Paul points this out in Romans 1, he talks about how even though God, it's clear that God made everything and sustains everything, we didn't honor him and give thanks to him as we should. Ingratitude is is a symptom of our sin, a symptom of the problem that we all have, that we have this natural tendency to live our lives for ourselves, to think that we are independent of God, to think that we can do it on our own to think that we deserve everything, all the good that we get. And so gratitude, giving thanks, isn't something that comes naturally to us. And so David, who's the one who wrote this psalm, he starts off by telling himself to be grateful, by telling himself, praise God, bless him, give thanks. Because if he doesn't tell himself, he's not going to do it. Uh, Paul Paul Tripp uh, is a a guy who's written a lot of books and and talks, speaks a lot. One of the things that I've heard him say is that uh, you are the most influential person in your life because no one talks to you more than you do. You're the most influential person in in your life because no one talks to you more than you do. And so one of the things we need to get in the habit of doing is reminding ourselves, telling ourselves to give thanks telling ourselves that we owe everything we have to who God is and what he has done. We have to get in the habit of talking to ourselves about the good things that God has done, about who God is, about the reasons we have to give thanks to him. So it doesn't come naturally to us, but we also struggle to remember. We have a memory problem. In verse 2, he says, forget not all his benefits, right? He says, forget not all. All his benefits. One of the things that sin has done to us is that it's damaged our memory. Our self-centeredness and our sinfulness has damaged our memory. It, 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 it's, it's caused us to be people who, who are really good at me- remembering bad things that happen to us. You know we have photographic memories when it comes to the hurt that we experience, the pain that we experience, the things that people do to us that we don't like. But when it comes to the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and all the great things that he does, we have a really short-term memory. We have more of the attitude of uh, Janet Jackson. Was she the one who sang, What Have You Done For Me Lately? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Not sure. (laughs) That's the attitude that we have towards God. You know, what have you done for me lately? We have this tendency to forget, to forget how much God has done for us. And so David says, he says, dude, remind yourself, don't forget what he has done. I have such a poor memory. Forget about being grateful. I have a poor memory in, in all of life. Whenever somebody tells me to do something, especially on Sunday morning, if you ever notice, you know, like somebody, if you ask me to do something to get to something this week, I have to like, make a note. I have to like, send myself an email or something. I have, to, I have to remind myself to do it or I won't because I'll forget. I, every week when I come into the office on Monday morning, one of the first things that I do is make a list of the things that I need to do or the people that I need to talk to or the things that I need to think about. And if I don't put something on that list, I'm not going to do it. Because I'm going to forget. Sadly, I, and this is something I've learned this week maybe to do, I've never put on that list, don't forget to thank God. And guess what? There hasn't been a whole lot of thanks because I don't put it on my list to remind myself to do it. We have poor memories when it comes to the goodness of God and his faithfulness. And unless we're reminding ourselves to remember what he has done, it's really hard for us to actually be grateful. It's easy for us to kind of live our lives without even thinking about what he has done. One of the things that's become really popular in the last 10 or 20 years, I don't know how long it's been, I hear people always talk about gratitude journals. You guys hear people talk about gratitude journals? You know, in uh, popular psychology these days, people say, you know, it's, uh, it, it helps you to be healthier in life if you can keep a gratitude journal and write down things that you're thankful for to help you focus on the positive things in life. You know, that, that is a good thing. I'm not going to argue with that, that it's good to, to remind yourselves of the things you have to be thankful for. But a lot of times in, in popular psychology, what they, what they want to just focus on, they want to help you just focus on the things that are going well in your life uh, and, and most of the people that I, that I hear re- talking about gratitude journals, they, they just kind of attribute, attribute all the good things to the universe, you know? But, Paul, but David says here, you know, forget not all his benefits. Yeah, you know, it's not a bad idea to keep a gratitude journal. To write down the ways that God has worked. To write down the things that God has done. So that you can come back to it and, and review it and remind yourself of how he has been good to you, that you might be more grateful. But this is the really hard thing, okay? It doesn't come naturally to us, and, and, it's, and, and we don't really have very good memories. But, but probably the worst thing, the most difficult thing about gratitude is that we tend to be content with, with what is shallow, with a shallow sort of thankfulness. We're content, we're too easily content with a shallow gratitude. Look at verse one. David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then what does he say He says, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. David tells his soul to praise the Lord, and then he says, all that is within me. This highlights, I think, the biggest problem with our gratitude when we even remind ourselves to do it. Because what God wants from us when it comes to thankfulness and honoring him and praising him for who he is and what he has done, he wants a gratitude that, that, is, that goes beyond what's on the surface, that goes beyond just words. He wants a gratitude that goes down to the inner part of us, a gratitude that we actually feel, a gratitude that we actually mean. And this is, this is the problem with gratitude. We can train ourselves throughout our lives to say thank you. But we can't force ourselves to really feel thankful, can we? We can't force ourselves to feel the, the deep joy of gratitude. That's something that has to come spontaneously, I think. Gratitude goes beyond just the words that we say. It goes beyond, like, I, as, as I've lived my life as, as a Christian, one of the things that, that I've done in, in my prayer life, I've heard people teach me to do is, is to do the thing called acts have you guys, some of you guys who are Christians have, have, for a long time have heard that the whole acts thing in, in prayer it's this ACTS so that you, you spend some time when you pray you should spend some time adoring God you should spend some time confessing your sin you should spend some time thanking God and then supplication asking God to work that's a great pattern to follow in your prayer life but a lot of times like I follow that pattern and I get to the T and I just do the T because I'm supposed to right? Because I know I'm supposed to be thankful. And so I think of a list of things to be thankful for. But even so, even though I can, can come up with a list of things I know I'm supposed to be thankful for, am I truly thankful down to the core of who I am? That happens from time to time, yeah, but it's not something that I really have control over. It's beyond my control. And this is the hardest thing about gratitude, is when I really think about the gratitude that God desires from us, the gratitude that permeates my entire being. It's something that's beyond me, beyond what I can just do. I can't do it. I can't control it. And if this highlights the problem of gratitude, real gratitude is something that is beyond our control. It's beyond what we're capable of just mustering up on our own. It's something we need God to do in us. It's something we need God to do in us. It's not something that we can just pull together. It's not just a matter of making a list. It's not just a matter of writing a journal. It's something that we need God to do in us, to change us, to heal us, if you will, of our ingratitude. One of the interesting things, I remember uh, a pastor, my pastor when I was in high school, his name was Ben Patterson and he's written some different books and, and I remember him talking about, he preached through the book of Philippians which is a book all about joy and one of the things that he loved to make a point of is that the Greek words for gratitude and joy and grace are all connected. They all have a similar root to them. That real gratitude comes and is experienced when we experience grace, when we experience the love of God that he pours out upon us that we don't deserve. And so to to be changed, to experience gratitude, to, to, to actually become more grateful people, what we need to do is to focus on the gospel of God's grace, on the good news of God's grace, and let that change us that's what will bring about real gratitude in our lives. When we fix our hearts and our minds upon the grace of God, the love of God that he pours out upon us that we don't deserve. The love of God that he pours out upon us, even though we, in spite of the fact that we may not have earned it, we certainly haven't earned it. That is what will produce real gratitude in us. And that's what he makes reference to as you look at verses 3, 4, and 5. The beauty of this passage is that as you look at verses 3 to 5, it tells us all sorts of things that God is doing. Right? And it's not contingent on our ability to do verses 1 and 2. Psalm 103 doesn't say, If you bless the Lord, O my soul, God will forgive your iniquity. If you bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits, if, you, if you're perfect in your thanksgiving, then God will heal your diseases and redeem your life from the pit. No. He says this is a response to what God has done. That is what grace is. God pours these things out upon us. It starts with him forgiving us because of what Jesus Christ has done. He forgives all your iniquity, all your sin. I talk about gratitude is an indicator of the fact that we have sinned, that we are sinners, that we've turned away from God. We are all ungrateful. We are not as grateful as we should be. And yet, the fact is that God says he forgives all your iniquity. He forgives you. He forgives you for your ingratitude. He forgives you for your ungrateful heart. That's the good news of the gospel, is that God says these things are true, these things are good, these good things are true, and they're not dependent on you. They're dependent on him and his power and his grace. He forgives your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. And this includes, I made reference to it, the disease of our ingratitude. It's God is the one who must heal us of our ingratitude. God is the one who must change us and make us different and restore us to be people who can say thank you and mean it. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The word for steadfast love is the word hesed, which I mention often. The the word hesed in the Old Testament is the, the word that closest... Is the closest correspondent to the word grace in the New Testament. God crowns you. He places upon you his steadfast love, his grace. No matter how worthy you are or how unworthy you are, he crowns you with love and compassion. He delights in you. And it's all because of his grace that he pours out upon you in Christ, in the life of Jesus, in the death of Jesus, in his resurrection. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And finally, he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. One of the, problem, one of the reasons I think we struggle with gratitude is because we look to the gifts of God to fill us rather than looking to God himself to satisfy us. We look to the gifts of God to fill us and satisfy us rather than the, the giver, God himself. And that's why we struggle with gratitude because these things cannot ultimately fill us. Only he can. We need to look to him as the one who satisfies us. Yes, he gives us good gifts, but he is the one who satisfies. He is the one who satisfies and gives us life and energy. It's God and God alone, his grace that satisfies us. It's his grace that that needs to change us and transform us. And make us thankful. And so as we think about Thanksgiving, I hope that this, this past week that, that you haven't just you know, made your list and, and, it's been, and it's been nice and you've, you've been thankful for the things that, that, have been that, that, that you, you enjoy in your life. But don't stop there. Don't be satisfied with just making a list of the things that you're glad about. Turn to God and say, God, I need you to change me. Thank you for your grace that you've poured out upon me. Thank you that your love for me isn't dependent on how grateful I am. But it's dependent on your determination to forgive in the work of your son. What I want to do this morning is to spend a few minutes for us together to say thank you to God. To remind ourselves of who he is and what he has done. So we're going to take a moment just to pray together. And I want to encourage you, I want to invite you to pray silently or out loud. Um, I'll open us and then I'll close us after a few minutes. And we're going to take some time to remind ourselves of who God is, of what he has done. And I want to encourage you to, to feel free to pray out loud and, and to, to pray, to, to thank God for something that he has done or, something, or, or, or for, to thank God for something about who he is to you. Feel free to just say one word. Feel free to just say one sentence or two sentences. And, uh, and I'll close after a few minutes. So let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would right now work in us in understanding and experience of your grace that we would see all that you have done for us and that you would make us truly grateful. We thank you for forgiving our, all our iniquity, all our sin. We thank you for healing all our diseases. We thank you for redeeming our lives from the pit. We thank you for crowning us with steadfast love and mercy. And Father, we thank you for satisfying us with good. How do we thank you? How do we pray? We, we thank you for, for your spirit, that, that, it's, uh, that we have hope in the fact that your spirit will work in us to, to make us people who don't just thank you with our lips or our minds, but thank you to the core of our being. We thank you for being a God who is so good gracious and we thank you for Jesus we pray all these things Father, we are thankful for all of these things and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand, uh, let's not stand, let's sit and sing as we prepare to meet the Lord at the table.